beyond infinity. Piers Cunningham, welcome back to RWPFM. Welcome to Peninsula Talks, Piers. G'day, Brandon. Good to be with you. So in the interim, while we've been away for the last week or so, you have been monitoring the situation as far as, far as COVID is concerned, and it is not particularly flash, am I right? That's right. I mean, we're bubbling along at around 10,000, 10,183 new cases recorded as of Tuesday, the 3rd of May. We have a total active number of cases of 57,500 in Victoria. And just zeroing in on the Mornington Peninsula for listeners, confirmed cases, uh, the total number is 38,025. New cases, 273 in the last 24 hours to the 3rd of May. So, as you say, the numbers aren't that flash. They're even higher in, in other more densely populated parts of the state and the city as well. Well, of course, in this earlier manifestation, we would have been absolutely panicked about these numbers and we would have been diving into lockdown again. These days, of course, with this variant, uh, things are a little bit different. Is it sustainable, these levels of infection? There are reports, unfortunately, of, you know, we've been going through the alphabet soup of uh, of COVID variants, and we're talking about sort of sub-variants of Omicron. And unfortunately, there are now cases which, which are apparently originated in South Africa, first reported in South Africa, but now cropping up in different parts of the world, uh, including the US and Europe. This is the BA4 and BA5 variants. The differences of these new sub-variants is that they are more infectious and more able to evade either natural immunity, usually conferred by exposure to the virus. So you might have had it and then recovered and you've you, you supposedly got some natural immunity. Uh, and obviously, if you're vaccinated, that, that also uh, provides some protection to you. But uh, it looks like these new variants are able to evade both natural immunity and vaccine immunity to, a, to an even greater degree. However, importantly, the degree of hospitalisation is not so bad people who are, you know, triple vaccinated, in some cases, people, older people having their fourth vaccination in Australia, they do have protection and are unlikely to wind up in hospital with these new subvariants. So the lovely news then is that uh, for those uh, that are probably in reasonable health, probably will be a mild infection, if anything, and probably not lead to hospitalisation, which is the good news, I guess, uh, Piers. So why then, I mean, given Omicron and the way that we are coping with it in the West, and I just need you to speculate here, if you would, and sort of shoot the breeze with me. Why are we seeing Xi Jinping and China just being so robust and so taciturn in his lockdown policies over there? What is it with the virus that has so spooked the Chinese? Can you speculate at all? Well, they do live very... They've got a lot of big, big cities, enormous cities, each with the population of the whole of Australia. And this, what is it? 30 of them, mega cities in, in, uh, in, in China. And, uh, and Beijing and Shanghai are, are among those big cities, 25, 30 million people and very high density living. So I think if they, they, they're probably quite fearful that their labour force would be impacted and their factories and businesses and industry might be impacted if they have a big outbreak when people are living in such tight, tight quarters, you know, like row upon row, thousands and thousands of apartment blocks with people living in, in very close quarters. So I think it's uh, it's akin to what we experienced in Melbourne with uh, some of the outbreaks that happened in those housing commission flats and the, and the government here was 
pretty strident in shutting those down, if you recall, back in uh, 2020, the first year of the pandemic. And indeed, and if you multiply that by a factor of 100 or 1,000, given the size of some of those cities, as you say, Shanghai and Beijing, they are absolutely monsters. Also, of course, there's some speculation about the um, effectiveness of the Sino vaccine as well. Maybe not quite as good as some of the stuff that we have available to us. Yeah, that's that's right. I think there is there is um, you know speculation that they're they're finding that there's less benefit. But you know that is that is a trend that's happening with with all vaccines. It may be worse for Sinovax and Sinopharm. I think they're the two main ones in China. But all vaccines around the world are finding it hard to deal with these subvariants. And the latest being BA4 and BA5, so they're even more ev- uh, evasive to natural immunity and vaccine immunity. Uh, but the thing that that uh, the doctors and experts are most concerned about is uh, it's not so much subvariants; it's new variants is the thing to really look out for. And it has been suggested that the, that the trend actually to having these subvariants with more transmissibility but less deadly. Um, that's that's kind of a, a natural progression of all viruses like uh, like the coronavirus that we've been experiencing around the world, and that that's kind of a, a good sign because it's it's where the thing should be heading as it sort of peters out or as it becomes endemic around the world. So uh, let's hope that uh, these subvariants continue to not be too dangerous, particularly for people who are vaccinated. And, uh, and also that we don't wind up with a, a new variant, which sort of is a complete game changer, which unfortunately is possible. It's happened before. Yes, we... the, other thing that, the other thing that people have got to keep in mind that, that coming into winter is that uh, the traditional flu season, which we haven't really had because our borders have been closed, they are expecting that to be quite a nasty one this year. So the old flu jab, which you've had in addition to your, um, your vaccine for COVID, uh, your flu jab is being recommended uh, strongly by doctors uh, and I think the time to have it is um, is this month, May, is the time to, to get that. Good advice, Piers Cunningham. We thank you very much indeed for your input into the program. Thank you, Piers. Um, that's a pleasure, Brendan. I was just going to um, ask if you wanted me to just uh, – one thing that has changed quite dramatically is when we – uh, since we last spoke, is that the close contact rules have finally changed. They were quite controversial. If you had a family member who was sick, then you wound up in, in uh, stuck in the house with them, whether you got COVID or not. It happened to me. I managed to dodge the COVID bullet, but other families got it. And I had to, you know, like, you know, if you thought lockdown when, when the government was telling you to lockdown when there were, you know, like 10 cases in the whole state, as, as was happening in July last year, well, when you've actually got a person who is confirmed to have the disease, the lockdown's a bit more... Um, real and a bit, a bit more forced, and um, and that became quite controversial because you know we've got labour shortages anyway, and it was becoming very difficult for people to keep working and keep keep their businesses running with those onerous restrictions. Thankfully, they were list, lifted late in April, and so uh, there are now those, those close contact rules no longer have to quarantine, provided they wear a mask indoors and avoid high-risk settings. They also need to carry out five rapid antigen tests over the course of the seven days that they previously would have been in isolation. So that's that's a good thing. And the mask-wearing rules and the, 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 the scanning in with the QR code, that sort of stuff, that's all been relaxed as well. And a lot of sporting clubs that wouldn't let anyone who wasn't vaccinated in have relaxed those rules too. So, you know, whether you agree with those, whether you think they're perhaps uh, a little bit on the loose side, given things like the B4 and B5 
subvariants of Omicron. That remains to be seen, but we're in an election year and uh, Dan Andrews is keeping his head down, staying well out of the federal election campaign, I notice. Doesn't want to taint the chances of Albanese becoming the next Prime Minister. Indeed, he's going to have to rehabilitate himself if any of the graffiti up and down the uh, Nepean Highway in and around Mornington has anything to go by. There are a few people out there that still don't have uh, Dan Andrews as their number one uh, politician in this state. It will be very interesting to see how he handles the state election and, of course, this week's uh, budget can have a big bearing on that as well. Piers Cunningham, so much to talk about. Thank you very much indeed for your input on COVID. We appreciate that very much indeed. And Piers, if we may, can we book you for next week? That sounds good, Brendan. We'll speak to you then. Fabulous. Beers Cunningham, our special COVID-19 reporter here at RWPFM.